what am I choosing? What am I feeling? What am I seeing in my mind's eye? And what am I doing? Everything in your reality right now is a result of a choice that you made or didn't make at some point in time. Everything. So our thoughts leading to our actions and those actions leading to our reality. But our thoughts are dictated by our emotional state. When we're in certain emotional states, we do not have the capacity to think in certain ways because our thinking is limited to our emotional state. So when you have an emotional state that matches the thought, the thought will happen naturally. When the thought is happening, the behavior will follow. When the behavior happens, the reality will follow. Welcome to your awakening journey. Today's destinations include higher consciousness and actualized potential. If all ascenders could now please be seated in a comfortable meditative posture, we're about to ascend. You are now arriving at your host, Brian Henry. What is up, Sanders? Welcome to another episode of Awaken, where we delve into some expansive conversations to assist you in elevating your consciousness and actualizing your highest purpose and potential. I'm your host, Brian Henry. I'm a transformation coach, the founder of Together We Ascend. And today I am thrilled to be sharing with you a conversation that will help you claim your abundance and manifest your dream life. In this episode, I am speaking to wealth mastery wizard, Dan Mangana. Daniel is a successful entrepreneur, a bustling author, the host of the Do It With Dan and Beyond Success podcast, and a life and business transformation coach. He has also helped thousands of people all across the world achieve wealth mastery and lead truly abundant lives. During our conversation, Dan and I explore what blocks us from experiencing what he calls our natural state of abundance. We get into some heart and mind expanding topics such as how the mind acts as the gatekeeper to experience, the role that belief plays in manifesting, what the law of polarity is and how we can apply our understanding of it to breathe life into our vision and claim our desired reality. Dan also shares a number of simple and actionable hacks like how you can upgrade your environment and your standards to create space for greater abundance in your life. But just before we jump into that, I'm excited to share that this is a very special episode because it marks the transition into a new chapter that the show has progressed into in which we're going to be bringing these conversations to you live. This means that we are now giving you guys the opportunity to not only be in the energy of the conversation as it's happening live, but with this, I'll no longer be the only one asking the questions because after the conversation that I get to have with our guest, we'll be opening things up with a Q&A segment available to only the live audience where you can have the opportunity to ask your own questions to the guests we have on the show. And we'll be making these experiences available to you for free 
All you need to do if you're interested in joining us for these live experiences where you'll get to engage with our guests and the community of Ascenders that come together for it is head on over to the Ascend Academy's community platform where you can sign up. And it's here that you'll be kept in the loop of all of the events that we have upcoming and and where you can register for the ones that you're interested in attending. And lastly, if you're new here and you're interested in exploring more content and conversations being created to assist you in your ascension process, I invite you to subscribe to the YouTube channel or the podcast, wherever you're listening to this from. And with that being said, without further ado, what do you say we jump into another episode? This is Awaken with Daniel Mangana. Daniel Mangana. Big B, Big D. How you doing, brother? <laughs> My bro, I'm I'm doing well, and yeah, I feel like things are about to get even better with you here. Uh, so first, I just want to thank you for for being here, brother, for for taking this opportunity to to share your wisdom with the with the community. Yeah, and I've been waiting for when did we book this out? We booked this out months ago, right? Months ago, I think we booked this. I've been I've been excited as soon as I saw it was coming up on my schedule for the next week. I was like, yeah, we're gonna do it. So yeah, yeah. really really excited to be here. Yeah, a lot of anticipation has been been built for up sure. for this one. Um, okay, sure. so before we uh, we start exploring uh, your profound wisdom, is there any gaps to my introduction or anything that you'd like to add to introduce yourself? I think just like we, we so for those of you who don't know, Brian and I got on about 15 minutes before, just dropped in and set some clear intentions for the time that we're going to share with you today. And one of the things that I did actually pop in that was I want us to be transparent and I want everybody to, to see something divine that sits behind us and that we just get to be vessels for that. And so um, I just want people to look past all of the words, look past all of the labels, look past all of the accolades and just allow us to all be here and be humans uh, that are having a journey and that are gonna get to dive in and, and bathe in some, some energy that we're generating together so that we can all leave more abundant um, as a result. Mm-hmm. And that right there exemplifies the heart-centered feast uh, that I included in the introduction. Okay, so let's start with this then, bro. Um, I mentioned it also in the introduction, wealth mastery. Uh, let's put a definition mm-hmm. to it. What's your definition mm-hmm. to what wealth mastery is? I think mastery in any, in any field is really getting into a place where you step into unconscious competence with that 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 phrase is a model that comes from a model that i first learned from tony robbins about 10 years ago but i'm sure it was around before then and that's this whole idea that we start off unconsciously incompetent so that means we don't know what we don't know right so we don't even know that there's something to know and then you become consciously un, un, incompetent as in that you know that you don't know the thing then you can build into conscious competence as in okay i know what i'm doing but only when i'm thinking about it and then we move into unconscious competence, where it's just something that we are. So for me, wealth mastery or any kind of mastery is when you step into a space whereby you're no longer thinking or cognitive, like being consciously cognitive of the processes that lead to the outcome in that particular field. It's just something that you do. It's just something that mm-hmm. you are. And I think when it comes to wealth, particularly in this instance, or abundance, as we're probably going to dive into, is when you get into a space where you're no longer cognitively going through this idea of recognizing that you're naturally abundant, but you're actually just experiencing life through the lens of someone that understands that this is just the way that it can be. And this is the way that it is for me. It's no longer trying to experience abundance. No. It's just experiencing abundance. 
yeah, just doing the thing. It's like, um, how many people, I mean, everybody that's listening to this, and if you're listening to this on the recording, I want you to just pause and ask yourself if the last 10 beats that your heart took, you had any part of, or the breath that you just took, did you have any part of, or the telomeres growing on your DNA, did you have any part of? No, it's just what you are. And when we go into nature, which is what I love to always refer to when we're, we're thinking about the natural way of being, abundance is the natural state of nature. It's just that we as humans create blocks, impediments, excuses, and stories that create a separation that is actually illusionary to abundance and then start experiencing life through the lens of that illusion instead of the truth that abundance is actually the natural and very normal way to be. Let's ask the... Um... We're going to dive right in. We're going to ask the obvious question then. If I am naturally abundant and anything Mm -hmm. otherwise is a illusion, um, Mm -hmm. it quite doesn't feel like an illusion when I look at my bank account and there's not the number Mm -hmm. that I want to see there. Mm -hmm. I feel an experience that is being real. What do you mean that's an illusion? All right, let's, let's start to chop this up. So one of the concepts that I love to talk about is the difference between reality and truth. And I've actually got on my podcast a very brief reality and i I missed that and truth and truth so the reality is what we perceive and start to cognitively relate to with our senses so the reality is that there are numbers on a screen that you attached value to and created the story that that's a permanent state or it's in a state of permanence you then have an emotional reaction to that that you call your reality and you say look i'm broke i haven't got money when the truth is that those numbers are simply numbers that someone placed an arbitrary value to, and those numbers are moving around all the time, and there's nothing stopping there being somewhere in the world, those numbers that are waiting for you to claim them so that you can actually experience in your reality the people, places, and things that you associate that with. So to put this into context, if we put this into, I don't know how many people that are listening in, into this are entrepreneurs, but there are billions of people in the world you do not know who is about to press a button and make a purchase from your business, like right now. Like everybody that's on this call right now, who's an entrepreneur, could literally be sitting in a space where there are singles, doubles, tens, hundreds, or even thousands of people that are about to press a button and make a purchase and move some of those numbers over to you. But we are physically incapable of experiencing that version of reality if we are locked in the version of the reality that says, I've only got these numbers on my screen, this is my situation, this is what I'm going to continue to experience. There's a level of delusion that you have to be able to step into in order to break free of the illusion. I'm gonna say that again. There's a level of delusion that you have to be able to step into and hold in order to break free of the illusion. And if we look at anybody that's actually created anything of meaning, value or impact in the world, they were always people that were able to step into a level of delusional experience in their mind that they could see something that didn't exist yet. We are talking on Zoom right now. That means someone had to have the delusional idea that people on other sides of the world could look on a little screen and talk to each other. Someone had to have that delusion and that delusion was held strongly enough And they took action that supported that delusion for it to become no longer delusional, but actually reality for them. Because the truth is nothing has to be created because everything already is, right? But we have to step into a situation whereby 
we're able to accept and then act in accordance with, sometimes delusionally, things that we can't see yet so that we can begin to see it. I think it's um, Wayne Dyer that's attributed with the statement, when you believe it, you'll see it. And that's what we're really talking about here. Yeah. I'm glad that you uh, you brought in the the belief piece because it's definitely one I want to unpack. But first, I'm going to mm-hmm. see if I can sum up here with the statement: "You have to be able to see something that isn't yet is for it to be." The truth is, it's here. That Even it if the reality is that it's not. Yeah, and you have to believe. And that's that the that's separation true. that we. You have to be able to see, and the way I I don't want to jump ahead of you because I know you want to talk about beliefs, but the way that I frame beliefs is you don't even need to be certain that it's true you just need to be open to the idea that it's true but i'm sure we'll get to beliefs in a sec and 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 chop that up as as well yeah do you feel that embracing my natural state or yeah this this idea that our natural state is one of abundance as being true is a must mandatory in order for us to create this Yes, but I want to do that with a caveat, bro. So I'm going to tell a quick story. I get to, I'm really, really blessed that I'm part of a really cool mastermind called Mavericks 1000. And uh, every year for the last 12 years, I think, um, shout out to Yannick, shout out to Sophia, by the way, um, and all the Mavericks, um, we get to hang out on Sir Richard Branson's private island. For those who don't know who Sir Richard Branson is, he created the Virgin group of companies, Virgin Atlantic, uh, Virgin Records, Virgin Music, Virgin Cruises. He's one of the he's prolific in that he's created i think more than half a dozen billion dollar brands so you know some people get to do one he's done it like more than half a dozen times he's got 400 companies and we get to hang out with him and i'm not talking like we get to wave like we have breakfast we have lunch we have dinner with him i was playing chess with him last year we go in the hot tub you can go and play tennis with him and we get to pick his brain and really dive in and see like into the mind of someone that's not just done the billion thing once but done it multiple times and I can tell you that when we were sitting down with him, um, it was last year in March, he was talking about something that then came out in the news about a month later about Virgin Orbit, one of his companies that did like a $350 million SPAC or something like that, or $3.5 billion SPAC, ended up selling off its assets for $35 million. It was a fail. And he was saying, you know, COVID had been a bit of a challenge and some of the companies, you know, might not make it. You know, they were still kind of making their way through on the post-COVID stuff. Now, he's a billionaire, like a multi-multi-billionaire. And he was still problem-solving and dealing with realities of things not working out and realities of essentially lack, right, a lack situation. He's having to close a business down. And I think one of the things that we lose sight of as humans, and this is why I kind of pulled into the humanity at the beginning, is that there is always going to be some kind of challenge. There's always going to be some kind of texture. There's always going to be some kind of tension. There's always going to be things that don't feel like they're going right. Mm. And that doesn't take away from the fact that your state of abundance is still true for you. And it doesn't take away from the fact that when you claim it, when you go in fully into it, when you commit to it, things are going to look sideways sometimes. Things are going to look rough sometimes. Things are going to be challenging sometimes. But I think it was, no, we're posting it on my Instagram tomorrow. It's pressure that makes diamonds, right? Mm. Wine only happens when the grapes are squeezed and olive oil only happens when the olives are crushed. Great things happen when things are put under pressure. 
So yes, claim that truth, but understand that even when things that appear to be contrary to that truth show up in your reality, it doesn't mean that things are going quote unquote wrong. It's really just a part of the process often. Yeah. And would you say that it's holding the faith through those experiences that supports yes. you in moving through? Yeah. 100%. Because ultimately, the way that we reflect, I call them choice points, right? The, right? the way that we engage with what's happening, every time that we engage with what's happening, we get the opportunity to continue on the path to what we have claimed or to choose a new claim, right? So we can continue on the path towards the physical, realistic real tangible three-dimensional experience of our abundance or we can go into fear and start to claim something else we can go into doubt and start to claim something else we can go into i knew that was going to happen and start to claim something else and then just as easily as we can claim a reality of being abundant we can go ahead and claim a reality of being in lack but we have to hold the line holding the line is one of the most important things to do for sure Let's talk about belief then. And I'll preface this with saying that I, I sense that some of the, if most of, if not all of the audience here um, and the sort of individuals that um, this show tracks probably already has some context to or, you know, awareness around the idea that, you know, belief is going to play into what I create, right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I want to break that down a little bit. How does belief what role does belief play into what we create in our experience and what we experience? So scientifically, right, biologically, like realistically, there is a part of the brain called the reticular activating system that literally filters out what we process and what we input. And I say what we process and what we input because from the moment that you were born and some even argue before then, every single thing that was experienced by your senses is in your brain but we don't have 100% recall and we don't actually end up having a conscious relationship to it. Your dreams for some part are processing that data. That's why your dreams can be a bit weird sometimes, but within your unconscious is oodles and boodles of data. And that data gets processed through the lens of our beliefs. And as it gets processed through the lens of our beliefs, we end up forming ideas, uh, making claims for ourselves, and actually having unconscious habits and behaviors, thought processes and emotions that are generated from those inputs. In terms of the work that I share with people, I talk about the fact that the mind is the gatekeeper to experience because it doesn't matter what's in my unconscious if my beliefs don't allow me to actually go ahead and witness that experience. So what that ends up being is that I'm sitting here saying, like, how many people here have done mirror work? You can raise your hands. How many have done mirror work or you do these affirmations? I'm healthy, I'm wealthy, I'm wise. And yeah, 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 it's coming to me now. And oh yeah, I see it in the ethers. If the reticular activating system is preloaded with a bias towards that being BS, you're not going to see it even if it's there. How many of you have got a friend who complains about not being able to find a relationship and you know that their best friend is the perfect person for them, but they can't see it? Anyone seen that? You know what I'm talking about right? Or or we've been the best friend. Who's been the best friend? I've been the best friend. Someone's been the best friend, right? It's like, I'd be perfect for you. Oh, and you even get the time and say, oh, you know what? (laughs) You know what, Bob? Oh, if only we were best friends, I wouldn't be going through this heartbreak if I was with you, right? But (laughs) we've seen that, right? But what that is, is the reticular activating system literally stops that person physically from being able to see, oh my God, the gift is here, right? 
And so when we bring this into the context of our abundance, and we can talk about the law of polarity if we get time to talk about that. I'd love to talk about that particular universal law and my take on it, because I think it's quite magical as a, as a law and what it, it shows. But if you have a desire, in the moment that you have a desire, as in a, a mental image met with an emotion, which I call a thought form, that desire no longer is an opportunity, is no longer like a potential in the vortex or the field. It becomes physical. It's in your physical reality. That's universal law. And we can, like I said, dive into that later. But you're not going to be able to see that gift that's sitting in your world because your reticular activating system is going to shut you off. So if you've got a limiting belief or a belief that says, I'm only allowed to earn $100,000 a year, for example, the million dollar opportunity could be sitting, farting on your face and you would not be able to see it. Or you would see it and have all of the excuses as to why it's not for you. Or if your belief's a little bit looser, you might start to go down the path and procrastinate self-sabotage and push it away. And that's because the mind as a gatekeeper to experience will physically not allow you to experience something in your reality that you don't accept or believe is possible for you. You might see it for other people, but you won't be able to see it for yourself. That statement there that it's real and you're just not seeing it. It mm -hmm. sounds and it feels good. Mm -hmm. I think some of us still need some more convincing. Should we go into the should we go into the law of polarity then? If you feel like that will I think be the yeah, basis think for knowing just... that it, it's all there for us. Yes. Yeah. Let's do the thing. So how many people have ever seen a circle that's not whole and complete? No, you may have seen two semicircles, but the two semicircles are also whole and complete within themselves. You see, the circle, when divided into two, doesn't become half a circle. It becomes two new creations that are semicircles. How many of you have ever experienced an up that doesn't have a corresponding down or a left that doesn't have a corresponding right? Doesn't exist. Because nothing in nature, nothing in our physical reality is ever not whole and complete. But whole and complete also includes the two polarity points. So the two polarity points form whole and completeness. I'm not going to go too deep into the other side of it, which I could talk about for a whole hour, right? Um, um, but when we look at reality, reality doesn't just include the physical part. It also includes the antimatter or the non-physical part to it too. Now, this is a bit on the quantum side, but everything that's physical has a non-physical counterpart. And that non-physical counterpart has exactly the same qualities as the physical counterpart. So when we're holding a vision in our mind, that vision that's in our mind can become something more than just a vision if we program it correctly. That's why I said clear vision and the emotional charge. The emotional charge is what gives life to that thought and creates what I call a thought form. When a thought form exists, we actually create in that moment or connect to the non-physical half of a whole, which includes the physical and the non-physical. So when people like Abraham Hicks are talking about things being in the, in the vortex, what it's saying is the non-physical part is there, but we haven't claimed it yet in physical reality. So we don't actually allow ourselves to experience the physical part of it. What I'm saying is when you create, when you start to add life into that, into that thought and create into a thought form, it then becomes one half of a whole. And because of the way that reality works, that one half of a whole means that the physical part has to exist. No longer as a potential. It's not in the field of quantum possibilities. It's not out there somewhere waiting for me to keep doing 
sacrifices for. I don't need to go into the jungle with a goat or whatever. It's there in my physical reality. But the mind does not allow me to experience something that I don't believe is possible. And this is why I preach over and over and over again about the fact that you can't just be spiritual. You have to also look at the mental and do the physical. Because if I'm sitting here creating all these thought forms, but I'm not doing the, the work on my mind, then my mind's going to keep blocking it. It's going to be something that keeps getting over there. And then if I haven't prepared my physical reality to receive it, I'm going to be like one of the 90% of lottery winners that win and go back to exactly where they were within five years because they haven't prepared their physical vessel to hold that gift. And so they go back to where they were before, right? And so ultimately what I want you guys to walk away from, because there's no way in the time we've got today, I'm going to be able to go deep into this particular concept. But I just want you to bear in mind that nothing in reality is ever incomplete. And the physical aspect of things is one part of it. The non-physical part is another, is the other part. So when we breathe life into the non-physical part, we actually create in our physical reality, the physical part. And then the game becomes opening ourselves up, preparing the vessel mentally and physically to be able to meet that creation. And that's when it comes into our life. Is it the, the process of envisioning that's breathing life in the non-physical part? Anyone can envision right but there's a difference between what i need you to understand so what so i spent time in a, a mystery school in my late teens and early 20s and one of the things that my teacher Montutar taught me is that thoughts have substance to them they have substance and what happens is is that we treat thoughts as just this metaphysical concept of something that's somewhere out there but when you actually treat it as something that has substance and start to respond to that thought respond to that thought as if it has the substance that it has, then what ends up happening is you actually breathe life into it. We breathe life into it by treating it as something that's alive. So what does that mean in real terms? That means in real terms, if I'm claiming that I'm abundant, am I still shopping at the discount aisle? Because by shopping at the discount aisle, I'm rejecting that idea because I'm not living in alignment with that thing. So I'm not breathing life into it right? Am I saying that I want to be healthy and I'm claiming this vision of health and yet I'm not taking any of the action steps that I personally relate to being healthy? Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that you have to be vegan or whatever because that might not be your thing. I'm saying you have a set of guidelines that you associate with healthy living and I think everyone here knows what's unhealthy for them, right? Everyone knows what's unhealthy for them. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I had that chocolate bar, you know, but it was dark chocolate, 85%, probably got, you know, right? We've all got those things, yeah? So when we start to say that we're breathing life into the thing, what we're saying is I'm living my life in alignment with my acceptance and claiming of that truth. And as I do that, I'm breathing life into it. That's going to provide the emotional charge. That's going to provide the, the focused energy. That's going to provide the physical vessel alignment to it. And that's when it starts to come in. But I think we all need to drop this idea that we can be claiming something that we're not actually claiming with how we're showing up every day. So whatever it is that you want to create, ask yourself, am I showing up every day as a person that claims that as a truth, as something real? Or am I still telling myself stories? Am I still acting out of alignment with it? Breathe life into it by living your life as one that's actually claiming it. That will cover all of the bases. So I'm seeing two pieces here, one being 
living, acting in alignment with that, that experience mm-hmm. with that truth. Um, but then mm-hmm. also, again, believing it is being a precursor to being able to, to see it. Um, mm-hmm. the, but here's the thing. We don't have to be certain. And this is my, 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 my hack that it just works every time. It's a really, really beautiful one. Here's the thing. You don't have to be certain that it's true. You just need to be open to the possibility that it's true. Mm. So for me, I, I gamify things, right? So my book around money manifestation is called Money Game. Like when you gamify it, it's like, I wonder what it would feel like if <laughs> he's got it there, <laughs> oh, right? I wonder what it would feel like if I was healthy. Am I open to playing the game that health is available to me? Okay, if I was playing the healthy game, how would I show up today? If I was playing the worthy of relationship game, how would I treat myself and how would I allow people to treat me today? Like just gamifying it. You don't need, because the thing is, the electrical, the electrical impulses in the brain that start to create the resonant frequency in our body through the chemistry and the emotions that starts to create the alignment and it starts to connect us with the thing that we're visioning, doesn't care if it's real or not. Because remember, we don't see with our eyes. The funny thing is we think that we see with our eyes. We don't see with our eyes. We see with our mind. Eyes gather the data that becomes ones and zeros in the, neuro, in the, in the nerves that go behind and reach into the brain. And then those ones and zeros get processed and create an image that we start to process in our mind. But the eyes are just gathering the data. So when that data, whatever data is gathered, is going in, we get to choose what that data means. And so when we say that the data coming in is a game, when it sees those ones and zeros that are associated with claiming the reality, it doesn't care if they came in for a game or they came in through anything else. All it's seeing is ones and zeros that Brian's claiming it, that Sue's claiming it, that Sharon's claiming it, that Milda's claiming it, that Michael's claiming it, and starts to operate accordingly, make the shifts accordingly, and then you start to experience reality in accordance with it. You use this term, claiming it, more than mm-hmm. once now. What does that mm-hmm. really mean and look like? You know, it's very easy to say that we want something, right? It's very easy to say, I'm going to be more healthy. It's very easy to say, I'm abundant. It's very easy to say, I'm going to be in a loving relationship. It's very easy to, to write things down or say in a mirror. But how the dickens are you responding to life in accordance with that thing that you said? Again, I call them choice points. Every time that you come into the opportunity where you consciously get to relate to your reality, are you relating to reality in accordance with the delusion that you're trying to claim in as as a reality? Or are you still going on the basis of what you see? Because if you're going on the basis of what you see, you're claiming what you see as true. And as you claim what you see as true, your mind's like, oh, I guess we're going to keep playing this game of poverty then i'm going to keep playing this game of disempowered health we're going to keep playing this game of disconnection and 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 lack of love in our experience but when we start showing up differently when we start connecting to something beyond what we can see we start to open up the process of allowing our system to start to resonate with that and start to call it in Mm. but we're not doing that most of the time we're still making excuses we're still shopping in the discount aisle right We're still not even loving ourselves and expecting that someone's going to be able to love us. We're still running around treating our body like a piece of junk instead of the the divinely created vessel that it is that can do all of these wonderful things and wondering why we're not experiencing 
abundance in these in these parts of our life, right? So claiming is dropping the excuses and going full freaking out to step into what we create. Because I can guarantee you're doing that on the negative. You're going full out claiming crappy health by eating and drinking everything that you know is not any good for you. And this isn't even a judgment because all of our bodies are different. Like a carrot's great for someone and bad for somebody else, right? So I'm not talking about the individual things. I'm talking about your individual experience. We aren't loving ourselves. So how can we then say that we're ready for someone to love us when we're not even generating a frequency of love within ourselves? Demonstrating love to other people. So we're not even transmitting a frequency of love. And yet we're saying, that's not claiming it. That's talking about it. For the areas of health, love, relationships, um, it's quite easy for me to see how we can, we, we always have the opportunity to, to live in accordance with what we wish to experience in those, in those areas, right? We, we can mm-hmm. act accordingly to experiencing great health. We can act accordingly or in alignment with, with bringing love into our relationships. Um, the one limiting belief, if you will, is for the individual who doesn't yet see the money yet, how, mm-hmm. what advice do you have for them in living in accordance with being abundant mm-hmm. when, Dan, I literally don't have the money to shop anywhere else? <laughs> so here's the thing. There are two ways to play this game, all right? You can play the game in the physical and you can play the game in the non-physical, but they have to line up with each other, right? And so... What I often see is people either try to go all the way in the physical, grind, 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 do the thing, do the thing, do the thing, or they play all the game in the non-physical, but then don't correspond it with physical action. So they'll be doing their huddy huds every morning, right? For an hour. They're doing their econ cars every morning, right? They're doing like an hour of fixed pose, abundance meditation that they got from another dimension via series B through that channel who comes from another dimension and they'll do that for an hour, but then they're going through life, but they're not taking any actions to expand. And this is the crazy thing. Expansive actions don't take as much energy as you expect them to, or we tell ourselves that they do. And as you take the actions that are available for you in the space that you're in, you create space for more abundant actions to be available for you to take. I was actually speaking to my buddy about this today. So he just cracked the code with his business. And it's these little things that I'm talking about now that I've been giving him these little gems because he's got a badass coach, badass business coach that's given him all the stuff. But there's some little tweaks here and there. And it's been so funny watching him like over the past couple of days, for example, that he made another upgrade that I told him to make. And he's saying, oh, hang on a minute. And as he's done that, more things are coming in because we're going to be met where we are. Reality doesn't care about your feelings figuratively speaking, it cares about who and what you are right now. And if who and what you are right now is a person saying, I can't stop anywhere else, then first and foremost, when you start talking about what you can't do, your brain gets shut off from seeing anything else as possible. Remember we spoke about the numbers on the screen before? Like there are numbers. The wildest thing is when we start tying our emotional state to money, there is literally more money in the world now than there ever was, ever. They're printing money, left, right, and center. When they print those dollars, where do they go? They don't go into a magical vortex somewhere. Like they're moving around in the system. They might be moving from one country to another, from one person to another, but there's literally more now than there ever was. 
and yet we're sitting here saying, oh, you know, but I haven't got any, you know, I mean, you know that's cutting you off from seeing the possibilities that are available to you. Mm-hmm. Now, if you are in employment, there are literally millions of places that you can be employed around the world. But if you're sitting here saying, oh, I haven't got enough, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do, then you're literally shutting your, your reticular activating system gets programmed to not see anything else. Someone could literally come and say, I've got the perfect job for you. Oh, you know, oh, uh, I haven't got the qualification. Oh, I'm always crapping interviews. Or, oh, my goodness. And, oh, oh, see, this is the only place I can shop, Daniel. I haven't got any money. Right? You just cut yourself up from the possibility. If you're a business owner or an entrepreneur, there are literally billions of people in the world that you can exchange value with. Like, nobody has any excuse to say that they don't have any money. There is more of it than we can even quantify, number one. And number two, the story that you're telling yourself about not is cutting you off from the possibilities that are here for you to step into. But we need to start changing the language of what we're putting out. Because when we're putting out, this is all I can do, this is what I'm, then we're claiming what we're in. And the universe is like a genie. Okay, your wish is my command. You want to be in the same situation, be in the same situation. But when we start playing a game with the divine and we're like, oh, wouldn't it be cool to see what I can do here? A mistake that people make, a mistake if we can call it that, is they try to go for this big vision that's too far outside of the realm of their belief. So when I'm coaching entrepreneurs, right, I'm working with entrepreneurs, I talk about the power of the zero. And one of the things I say is, I say to them, what's the most you've ever made in X, Y, Z period of time, in a month? And I said, the most I've ever made in a month is $5,000. I say, okay, so $5,000, we divide that up, it's $1,250 a week. Um, $1,250 a week. What if you could push the needle out and go for $1,300 this week? Not every week, just this week, go for 1300 and see what happens. Okay, let's look at what you offer. All right, what can deliver 1300 of value? Oh, this, okay. Well, let's go and deliver that 1300 of value. Oh, okay, you've done it once? Yeah, go and do it again. Okay, how long did it take you? It took me three days. So in three days, you can create that. So now you no longer have the story that you can't create $1,300 of value in three days because you've done it. Oh, hang on a minute. but. I'm saying things back that are actually in their reality, they can see it, but because the reticular activating system is stuck on, I can't do it, I'm stuck on this income, I can't do any more, they're unable to see the very simple mathematics that sit in front of them that they've actually done it. Mm -hmm. I'm working with um, someone privately at the moment and she wants to get to seven figures in her business. Seven figures in your business, by the way, guys, is not that big a deal. It's $83,333 a month, which is about 20 grand a week. You're looking at about, if you're working five days a week, four grand a day of value. So if you've got four grand of value that you can deliver into the world, you're literally going out every day and asking billions of people for one of them to give you $4,000 and you've got a million dollar business, all right? It's not a big deal. And I was breaking this down with her and I said to her, okay, have you ever made $80,000 in a month? And it turned out in a month, she's made $120,000 before. So I said, you actually have no excuse, (laughs) right? to hold the limiting belief that it's not possible for you to have a million dollars in your business because you've made more than that before. And then it just becomes a, a matter of, and we use my, my framework around money DNA, breaking down the optimal way for you to connect with those billions of people so that you can exchange the value with them. And then using my power of the, uh, power of the zero and my quadrant model to come up with what you're going to offer to them. And then you allow it to happen without the story that it's not possible. But all of these people that will sit here and say, oh, but Daniel, I can do it with... I can do it with relationships. I can do it with health, but I can't do it with money. It's poppycock. It's not true. All you have to do literally 
is exactly the same thing that you do with the other thing. Just stop saying that you can't do it. Start saying that you can or that you're open to the possibility of you being able to look around and see what's around you now and ask what tiny step can I make in the direction of that? Yes. You don't have to become a millionaire overnight. It's possible, but you don't have to. If you at least go from making 10,000 a month to 11,000 a month, you're moving in the right direction. That expansion of a thousand creates more space in your field for you to allow more in and also creates momentum for you to build on. So maybe next time you're going to go for 11,500 or 12,000 and start to build on it there. And then you can also start to do a really cool trick, which is one I told my friend to do, which is to look for pockets in your life that you can expand. You might not be able to upgrade your entire life, but I can guarantee all of you have one thing in your life that you can expand. So for example, when I was coming up and I was telling him this story actually when we were driving around today, when I was coming back, coming up years and years and years ago, I upgraded my train ticket and set a new standard. What does that mean? For me to get from London to outside of London, there was a particular train journey I was doing on a regular basis. As a standard ticket, I'm from the UK, if you didn't tell from the accent, it was about five pounds. There was a first class carriage on that train that was about 21 pounds, 20, 21 pounds. I set the standard for myself that I will no longer ride on the, on the standard. I will only ride in the first class. I claimed being a first class person for that 40 minutes that I was doing it three or four times a week. Me just spending that 40 minutes a few times a week setting that standard and claiming it created more space in my field and aligned me with the experience of abundance. It got me to feel what it was like to be VIP. Mm -hmm. I then started short trips, right? Not long flights, short trips, only doing business class or upgraded for short trips. We're not talking about spending tens of thousands. We're talking about going from hundred pounds to maybe three or 400 pounds, which was within the realm of possibilities for me. But again, it created this space and resonated me with that field of abundance. Now I do not touch anything that's less than business class. And I can easily do that because I programmed my field before with the little things. It may be that you're riding around in a 10 year old car. Go and look at what finance options are there for you that are within your budget for you to go and upgrade your car. I'm not telling you to go and bankrupt yourself going to get a Maserati or whatever. I'm saying, look, what's within your current possibilities right now for you to expand. And I guarantee there is at least one thing. Remember, I started off moving from five pounds to 20 pounds, spending an extra 60 pounds a week in order to create more of a resonance with abundance. All of you have one thing that you can do. It could be that you get rid of the things that are negative. I have an ex-girlfriend who I'm allowed to talk to talk about now because I'm single, not with anyone. So I, I had to be careful telling this story when I was with my ex because she'd get a little bit, she'd get a little bit jealous. But she had this thing where she would never allow cracked crockery in her house. Do you know when you get like a chip on the plate? She threw it out. Anytime like a piece of clothing would get like frayed or something like that, she got rid of it. Anything that even sniffed or appeared to be anything other than abundance or anything that looked like that, she'd get rid of it. Even if you don't have something that you can step into, I guarantee you have something you can step out of in terms of a lack behavior. Try it and see what happens. There's magic in that. What I love about what you're sharing is you're, you're expanding belief through, through action, really, and, and small little shifts that are mm -hmm. expanding our belief through what we give ourselves evidence to, to believe in. Um, and I think the outer game of belief um, and how the outer game feeds into belief is probably not spoken about enough. So I'm glad that you have. 
Um, do you feel it's important and relevant to address the the inner side of that and how we can we can 100%. reprogram internally? Hundred percent. I'm going to give you all a hack. Here's the thing: your unconscious mind moves at ten thousand to ten million times the speed of the conscious mind. One of the greatest failures that people see in trying to change their beliefs or trying to change their internal environment is they're trying to do it consciously, right? That affirmation, I'm healthy, I'm wealthy, I'm healthy, I'm wealthy. If you've got an unconscious program that you're not, it's going to outrun you every time. That's like a turtle, a turtle, a, tur a turtle trying to beat Usain Bolt on the 100 meter sprint. It's not going to work. But your internal environment is continually taking in data, right? And that data that it's taking in is dictating what it's spitting out at 10,000 to 10 million times the speed of your conscious mind. And there is one key thing that we can do to shift the narrative of what it's spitting out, and that's to change the input that it's receiving. If you change your environment to respond to a new set of internal um, alignment that you want to start experiencing, it will change by itself. You don't have to force your internal environment to change, guys. Your internal environment is malleable. It doesn't have an opinion. It's not sitting there saying, sorry, bro, lack is what we do around here. It's not doing that. <laughs> it's literally saying, what's the environment? The environment is lack. We've got some crap, crap over there. We've got a beat up old car. We're always looking for the cheapest thing. Yeah, we treat ourselves like crap. I guess this is what we're doing now. And then it spits out. Mm -hmm. When we start, shifting our environment, who we're around, where we're around people, and what we're around people doing, the conversations that we're having, the environment that we're holding, the internal environment responds. And as it responds, it starts to shift what's going on inside of us. And what, what's going on inside of us will shift our, I think it's, it's either 70 or 90, I don't remember the percentage. I think 90% of our behavior that we're executing every day is unconscious from the mind. So if you start to shift the environment, which starts to shift the internal, it's going to automatically shift. And I know this from personal experience. Without the time to go into my sob story right now, but I literally was at a point in my life when I was committed to committing suicide. It wasn't like, oh, maybe I'll do that. Oh, yeah. I was literally, I went off completely on that path. But because of the data that I was filling my brain with and the environment that I was in over a consistent basis of a number of years, I wake up a few years later and I didn't even realize that I'd moved out of a space of wanting to commit suicide. And that's because the inputs that I was putting into my mind, like religiously putting inputs into my mind, weren't matching the outcome of running away from life. They were aligned with the outcome of more life. So even though I wasn't trying to create life, I ended up stepping into more life because that's what the inputs matched. It doesn't matter what you're sitting there consciously deliberating on. If your environment matches a certain quality over a consistent, of a consistent nature, over a period of time, your internal environment will match and it will naturally and automatically spit out aligned outcomes. Change your environment, be ruthless. Listen, people get emotional about how ruthless I am with my environment. Like someone's even like a little bit funny that they don't exist to me anymore. And I'm not even emotional about it. It's not oh, that person did that. I'm not really tweeted it anymore. I'm not even talking about that. I'm saying you don't meet the standard of the environment that I'm, I'm curating here. Like, and it's not even like, I don't wish them well or anything like that. It's just, you don't, you don't fit this. I'm sorry. Like 
we're over here doing this thing over here. You listen. Reality is going to be ruthless with you. Be ruthless with reality and start with being ruthless with your environment. All of you go and do an audit of the people that you're around, the places that you're going, the conversations that you're having, what you're reading, what you're listening to, and ask yourself, because every single input is an opportunity to either maintain the current life that you're in or to step into the new one. Every single input. So as you have these inputs, you get the opportunity to say, I'm going to step into more abundance or I'm going to be the same. Like we get, oh my gosh, so many opportunities to start to program in the new. And what do we do? I'm going to sit and have this conversation about other people because she's my girlfriend and that's what we've done since we're 15 years old. I'm going to sit here and allow this person to treat me like crap because we've been together two years and we've got a mortgage together. All right, lucky you, mate. I'm off here. Like, it, Be ruthless. Go through and take an audit. Ask yourself, are these things aligned with what I want to create or are they reinforcing what I said I want to get rid of? Because if you just said it, but you're sitting here allowing your environment to include things that don't match up with it, you're not claiming it, bro. You're claiming the BS that you said you don't want. And that's why you still got it. And you've shared so much here that I want to see if we can build a step-by-step process out of it. If we mm -hmm. could make this like, these are the clear step-by-step -step mm -hmm. actions for you to take in this order. Um, what would that look like? Um, I call it the flow funnel. It's a really, really easy to follow framework. And it's this, what am I choosing? What am I feeling? What am I seeing in my mind's eye? And what am I doing? And for you to be able to remember this, remember everything in your reality right now is a result of a choice that you made or didn't make at some point in time. Everything. Even the fact that we're here right now, you made a choice to sign up. There, I put this out on my stories. A lot of people saw it. They maybe said, oh yeah, I'm gonna sign up for that later. And they didn't do it. Or they signed up and they, oh yeah, maybe I'll watch the replay. They weren't here. They made the choice and therefore they didn't have this experience. But the fact is, is the choice that they made wasn't even up to them. An unconscious program about what they're worth and not worth, what they're allowed to do, what they're not allowed to do, what their life has to look like, created the behavior of them not actually being here right now, right? So our thoughts leading to our actions and those actions leading to our reality. But our thoughts are dictated by emotional state. Even the law recognizes crimes of passion. When we're in certain emotional states, we do not have the capacity to think in certain ways because our thinking is limited to our emotional state. So when you have an emotional state that matches the thought, the thought will happen naturally. When the thought is happening, the behavior will follow. When the behavior happens, the reality will follow. The emotional state we can start to program through our environment, like I said before. Try watching a happy film and being sad or watching a sad film and being happy. The two don't, they can't happen in the same space because the happy film creates an environment of happiness that generates an emotional state of happiness, which has happy thoughts and happy actions. So what am I choosing is in, what am I, what's the vision that I want to step into? We then curate the environment to match that vision and allow the feeling to happen. We then support the feeling when we're conscious or start to consciously add more into the environment to support that. Every time we meet those choice points, we start to, okay, I'm stepping into the emotions or uh, having the environment that supports the emotions that are leading to that vision that I have. The thoughts are going to follow, but at those choice points, 
when you catch yourself thinking about the disempowering thing, are you wallowing in it? Or are you saying, oh, thank you for sharing and then going back to choosing what you want? We are conscious five to 10% of the time. What are you doing consciously within that time that you are conscious? Are you making the conscious choice to expand your vessel mentally, physically, and spiritually? Or are you gonna drink a beer, eat some Cheetos and watch Netflix? Nothing wrong with that if that's what you wanna do, but ask yourself, is that aligning with what I wanna create? You say you've got no clients in your business, but when was the last time you actually put some effort into going to find a client for your business? Or to go and learn more about how you can be more aligned with the clients of your business? You say that you want to have a higher income or to get that raise at work, but when was the last time that you actually went and spoke to HR and looked at what the opportunities were in your, um, in your job? Or started to go and do some research into your industry to see what skills are in demand or start to look at other industries that you can translate your skills to to go and make more money. When was the last time you did that? Oh no, sorry, you were busy watching the game, having a beer and eating Cheetos, right? So what am I choosing? What am I feeling, which we dictate through the environment? What am I thinking, seeing in my mind's eye? And what am I doing? When those are in alignment, you are unstoppable and you'll always create the thing that you're moving towards. The things that I just want to emphasize from what you just laid out for us there is how what we're feeling is going to inspire and play into the actions that we are and aren't taking. So in the, you know, in the context of maybe not taking action or acting out of alignment with what we're desiring, um, I think the, again, the importance of shifting that emotional state using uh, strategies like changing your environment um, mm -hmm. is going to play into taking that aligned action next. 100%. 100%. You're not going to be able to take an, an action that's outside of your current emotional state. And the thing I want to make sure everybody understands, don't beat yourself up for not being able to take the action. Give yourself space and grace to step into alignment with the action. Ask yourself, what in my environment now is holding me back? Or what story is holding me back? What can I do to love on that so that I can bring it back into a space where I am ready to take the action? Because yeah. the beating yourself up is actually a trick by the mind to keep you in the same place. Because if you're busy beating yourself up, you're not available to make the change. So give yourself space and grace in those times when you are out of alignment and then take the steps to get back into alignment. Yeah, and also recognizing that nothing needs to yet change to start creating for those shifts in the emotional state. No, no. That's another story that keeps you in the same place. Mm -hmm. I call it perpetual planning loop. I just got to go to another course. As soon as I finish this meditation series I'm doing, then I'll be ready. No, go and do it now. No. Go and do it now. What can you do now? It only takes one shift. One more shift in the direction of what you're dreaming. One shift in the direction of what you're seeking and intending to create to begin that momentum. Mm. One thing. Do not underestimate the power of one small action to put you in the momentum towards your dream. Senders, that is going to be it for my conversation with Daniel Mengena. I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope that it was in some way able to spark in you a shift in your limiting beliefs and experience of abundance because your natural state is one of abundance and through doing the inner work of shifting your state and shifting your beliefs and following that up with the outer work of taking action in alignment with opening and showing up to receive you too can claim your abundance and manifest 
your dream life. Ascenders, we've stepped into an exciting new chapter in which we've taken the show live. And this first experience with the community that was present with myself and Dan was absolutely epic one. Remember that being there at our live experiences now means that not only do you get to immerse yourself in the energy of the conversation as it's happening, but you'll also get the chance to ask your own questions to the guests we have on. So if you're interested in joining us for one of these future live experiences, because there's going to be many more to come, I invite you to head on over to the Academy's community platform at academy.togetherweascend.com where you can sign up for free and be kept in the loop of all our upcoming live events. And lastly, before we go, I'd love to hear from you and what you thought about the episode. If you're listening to this on Spotify, the platform recently launched a feature that lets you reply to specific episodes. So if you're listening to this on YouTube or Spotify, leave me a comment and let me know what you thought about the episode. And if you're listening to this on a podcast platform, again, like Spotify or Apple Podcasts, please consider leaving a review. This really helps the show grow by getting up on those podcast charts and out to more people. Senders, that is going to be it for this episode of the Awaken Podcast. I want to thank you for listening and for being here on this planet at this time during this moment of our ascension. And until next time, keep ascending.